Ah, uh, yes. It is the game. It's hour two. It's the game after work. Here on News Radio KMAN, Mitch Fortner alongside Troy Coverdale, David G, and also Travion Berkland. Mm-hmm. I want to flash back to a couple of weeks ago. You might remember this clip. We ready to work, man. Somebody got the message loud and clear. We found out earlier today that Avery Johnson, four-star quarterback from Mays High School right here in Kansas, and he's the number one recruit in the state of Kansas, according to everybody. On three, 24-7 sports and rivals, he has decided to come to K-State. According to rivals, he is the first recruit Ranked number one in the state of Kansas to pick the Cats since 2004. It is hour two of the game, and also still to come, we're going to get back into some, uh, I, I guess, developing story or like the latest reports that come out on the latest <laughs> on conference realignment out of the Pac-12. I, I'm, I have Troy's keeping up with all this. I'm confused already about what the Pac-12 is doing. Keeping up with all of it? Uh, good luck with that. Like I said at the top of the show. I said at the top of the show, I was like, all right, this is getting out of hand. It's confusing. Um, Nobody really knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to let the news find me. I'm not going to search for it. I'm not going to spend my whole day on Twitter trying to find the latest wrinkle in the story. I'll just let the news find me. Because the important news, like the breaking news, it'll find anybody. But, you know, I usually do this like, when it's big K-State news, I usually do this at the beginning of the show. I wanted to do today for those listening in their car, just getting out of work, maybe need me a pick-me-up, or just need some extra excitement for their day. K-State fans, Avery Johnson is committed to K-State. So, Travion, I think we need to play it. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel it coming on for Kansas State. The feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you wanna be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Ema 2023. But you know what? I don't think, Trayvon, I don't think we should stop there. I don't think we should stop there because, so there were these certain like Chris Kleiman songs that John Kurtz once upon a time put together. And then when he left, I couldn't find them. I was like, oh my God, that might be gone forever. Maybe John packed them up and took them with him. Never to be found again. Locked away in some vault. We found one of them. We found one. Travion, go ahead. Get me on the court and I'm troubled. Last week, messed around. And- Coach one of the best kids I've ever coached in my life and a kid named Carson Wentz. Freaking brothers every way like Carson Wentz. I can't believe today was a dang day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Win that dang day. 
<laughs> That's Guys, great. Coach Kleiman and the Cats, they won the dang day today. They, they definitely Avery did. Johnson announcing on CBS Sports HQ that he is committed to K-State, picking the Cats over Oregon and Washington. Two schools are feel like pretty pivotal right now in the wow. latest round of conference realignment. Never would have thought in a million years that Oregon and Washington, nonetheless, UCLA and USC mm-hmm. would be in consideration for a major conference jump from Power 5 to Power 5, but USC and UCLA did it. Oregon and Washington might be next. We'll talk about them here in a little bit, but right now I actually wanted to play for you, in case you missed it on CBS Sports HQ, the highlights from the big announcement. I mean, it was like a 20-minute segment that CBS Sports set aside for the number 12 quarterback in the country for the class of 2023 to make his announcement. But I actually want to jump first to Stephen uh, Stephen Wiltfong, who is from 24-7 Sports, who talked about the skills that Avery has. Well, three-sport athletes are rare this day and age, particularly at the quarterback position, but he's a standout three seasons of the year and talking to one of his private quarterback coaches, Justin Hoover, he pointed out, he's like, this is a young man that's competing 365 days, essentially, you know, he plays football, shine this fall, led maze high, I believe to their first ever state title game this past year, threw for over 2,500 yards and 20 touchdowns, only six interceptions. And then over a thousand yards rushing, as you said, and 22 more scores, he's electric with the ball in his hands. He can extend plays. He's athletic. He's fluid. He's got a strong arm. Uh, and, and he sees the field well. So not only a few skills that were mentioned there by Steven, but also just his, some of his accolades. And I, I didn't include it there in the clip, but, I mean, his mind for football, Avery Johnson's mind for football, He Avery said it himself uh, that in an interview with 24-7 Sports that that goes back a ways to what he called his Little League days of football. Because when he was... Nine or ten years old, I mean, teams at that time aren't throwing the football, yet his coach was like, let's have you throw the football. Not only that, but his Little League football coach, as a quarterback, had him out there calling plays. Wow. Wow. That's something at that age I've never heard of in my life. No, that, this guy, in case you don't know, if you've been under a rock somewhere, this guy's nasty. This guy's going to be good football player, man. Come I mean, on. He plays by his own rules, it feels. I don't know. Yeah. He, 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 he goes by... The beat of his own drum because I saw in the uh, – I wasn't there, of course. But not only was this a big day for him, he dressed up for the occasion. He wore a three-piece blue suit with a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. Had some pineapples on it. Yeah. I was like, only only the popular kid could pull that off. You for know sure. what I mean? Avery Johnson. Let's just say his drip ain't corny, okay? He's not showing up looking like some fool. He's going to come out swagoo, as the kids say. He's cool, man. I can't wait. You know how out of touch I am with today's lingo and being cool? Like, Lindsay's kids would have thrown out the word drip right away. Yeah. That didn't even pop into my mind oh. in, as my, as proper vocabulary. Drip so But hard. it's a great – It's I think it is a great word. Uh, now from Avery Johnson himself, I, I'll go and play the announcement for you. I'll play the short version. And with that being said, I want to announce my commitment to Kansas State University. <laughs> There were a bunch of people there, not necessarily a packed house, but there were probably more there than there were for the Dylan Edwards announcement at Derby High School. But before the announcement, a quick comment on how difficult of a decision it was for Avery. It was really difficult. I mean, long talks with my family, 
Um, but I feel like we kind of got it figured out. We're, re- we're ready to go. And then after the announcement, went on kind of to say how close the decision was. I mean, it was pretty close. I feel like after every official visit I went on, I liked that school coming back home. And I feel like both of Washington and Oregon both gave me things to think about. But I feel like whenever I really sat down with my family and asked myself, what do I want in a program and what I want to get out of college, uh, it made you know things really easy for me and it made things pretty clear. And Avery, on, on more on why he picked K-State. It really just came down to you know the relationships I built. Uh, from the start, I mean, they, they never stopped showing love. Coach Fine, I mean, this relationship I built with them was great. And then... They always say, you know, go where you're wanted the most, and K-State has wanted me the most from the start. So uh, it really just came down to all that, and at the end of the day, it was a no-brainer. Felt like during that clip, somebody was over there, like, hyping up the crowd for some reason. Then I see a picture afterwards, I think Troy showed it to me, of Leon Edwards, Mm -hmm. who pumped us all up when his son Dylan made his commitment, and he's hitting us with these these memorable quotes that I just actually played one of them for you not too long ago. He was getting people pumped up. Yes. But this, to me, was the pivotal point for K-State on how – and we heard it from Dylan Edwards where, I mean, he heard somebody from the football staff – called him on Christmas just to say Merry Christmas, how important that was to him. And it's been pretty well known by now and even way before now that he has built a very strong relationship with Colin Klein. I mean, part of his official visit, he was at Colin Klein's house for a cookout riding four-wheelers, I'm guessing, maybe something around that, you know, ATV. Um but he talked a little bit about the relationship he has built not only with the coaching staff, but with uh, Chris Kleiman. I feel like out of my top three schools, he was probably uh, one of the coaches that I talked to more frequently. I mean, I feel like you don't get that from a head coach a lot of times. So uh, I like the, he's, he, you can just tell, like, coming from his old school, you know, he's a winner. Uh, I like to be around winners and, and type of guys like that. And just him being a defensive minded guy, I feel like I can get down in the film room with him. Um, and he can point some stuff out to me that, you know, maybe I don't see um, coming from a defensive standpoint. So doing the relationship with him and the rest of the staff was was really great for me. Now, if you listened to this show a couple of weeks ago, I also did this sort of segment for Dylan Edwards. As in, I mean, K-State Media was there. It wasn't televised, but there was like live uh, YouTube video things to go PowerCat. This one was televised with Avery Johnson. It was on, again, CBS Sports HQ. And Dylan Edwards wrapped up his press conference talking about how you know now a lot of his focus is of course on like enjoying his summer his commitment is over no more visits but also he's going to do some recruiting he's going to do some recruiting reaching out to some of his buddies across state not just in state but in missouri maybe yeah or across the country that he has met along the way and trying to get them to come to k-state maybe even flip a few folks you know, maybe elbow towards Joe Otting. Hey, buddy, let's flip from uh, Old Notre Dame and come to K-State. Stay in-state. Just an hour away from home, he's a Hayden kid. Got a pretty similar um, response to what's next from Avery Johnson. I mean, obviously, just trying to help recruit the rest of the class. You know, talk to a lot of guys. I've been talking to a lot of guys already, but it's kind of hard to recruit when you're not committed, you know, so... I feel like this will kind of help uh, hopefully bring some guys in and just being able to, you know, get the, get this weight off my shoulders, tell the world where I'm going and just being able to focus on my senior season and really just get back with my teammates and, and work work with them all summer. And I feel like, you know, my main goal is getting back to that state championship and bringing one home for Mays High. Once the win went for Mays High, they went to a state championship for the first time in its school's history this last year. And now he's going to do his 
what he feels like is is now part of his job to building the class of 2023 even better. Now, I don't have uh, the audio, but I did see the tweet from um, Derek Young from Casey Online. DY, hope to have him on the show tomorrow. And he tweeted out that Avery Johnson did give a shout to a couple of four-star wide receivers, Joshua Manning, who's from Lee Summit, Missouri, and Jacoby Lane, who is from Arizona. And he was also the Elite 11, even though it's a quarterback competition, he was named the um, Elite 11 competition wide receiver MVP. So, and those are two guys that are not committed as of right now and a part of the class of 2023. That Jacoby kid's coming. He's coming here. I know. I mean, I hope so. I already know it. Uh, Kansas State. Join the cat, attack Jacoby. I can make you some. some hey, if you could sing, we may yeah. make a remix. Yeah, Jacoby. Hey, boy. That kid's good, and yeah, I think I think he's coming. They're putting the pressure on. So K State football now has for the class of 2023 12 cats. The best ranking I've seen is from on three, which have the cats right now ranked in that class, 33rd in the country. Again, 12 total. Two of them are four star recruits we'll take a break when we come back we'll jump into some conference realignment talks including the uh latest from the pac-12 and uh colorado saying a few words earlier today that's next Ah, what did he do now what'd he say he rebranded other than what his twitter address is his handle is he rebranded and uh rebranded as brett yormark's account oh my god puts out a statement and si.com got fooled bunch of idiots well and then the big 12 about an hour ago put out a tweet that said hey <laughs> brett yormark his account is this and put out the handle and anybody else out there is just a parody because trollsby i mean it's a small detail but of course it rhymes with bullsby right and uh, i mean i know a k-state fan account on on facebook got fooled by the news of uh like putting out there a report that, uh, well, it is going to be the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah joining the Big 12 or in serious talks, whatever it was, and got fooled. I, I've been fooled by the Trollsby account before. It's pretty good. And, you know, I think even the Trollsby account was like, I can't believe this like took off the way it did. It really moved. You know who used to get people like that back in the day? Fake Ned Yost on Twitter used yep. to fool people yep. all the time. He was so funny. He still is, but he was so funny when he was pretending to be Ned Yost. And people were like, I can't believe the manager of a Major League Baseball team talks like that. And it was like, are you serious? It says right <laughs> in the name, the fake Ned Yost. Come on. Well, and Brett Yarmark, he is not verified, oh, if wow. I'm not mistaken. I've Yeah, his, his account's not verified. He has like... 16,000 followers. Wow. I mean, along the same lines, and one of my friends who's a reporter in Colorado just sent out the tweet, for whatever reason, the spectator uh, from the UK uh, misidentified the Pam Anderson who won the Republican nomination for Secretary of State in the primary last week with with that Pam Anderson. (laughs) And so you've got a photo of that (laughs) Pam Anderson Underneath the headline, Pam Anderson racks up primary win in Colorado. Hey, uh, well, I mean, Kid Rock wanted to run for, you know, he wanted to run for governor or whatever, so why can't she? I tried to get my account verified, my Twitter account. Went, it was like right after I got the job as the new public address announcer for football. And uh, WIBW and uh, 
KSNT both came to the station to mm-hmm. do a story on me. I thought that was a little yeah. much. Somebody special. It was like three minute stories. I was like, what? God, you guys need some content, don't you? <laughs> Actually, I think they aired one of them on the 4th of July. I was like, oh, yeah, just needed that filler. Just needed that filler. Um, <laughs> so, so nobody watched it. But I was like, you know, like what Twitter wants for you to get verified is like you got to have like some proof out there that like like some articles or like a Wikipedia page that like shows that, okay, people, some people know who you are and you do an important job and, and that way you'll get verified. But I've seen people out there that have a less than a thousand followers, but just because they work for a TV station, sure. they'll get that check mark. I'm like, I work for a radio station and I work for K State. Like, I can't get verified that way. Give my, give nope. my blue check mark. I got rejected. Man. I got rejected. I took that a little personal. Cool. So I know I maybe need to need to uh, try it again. All right. So this conference realignment crap. I mean, <laughs> I'm not a fan of it. I don't like talking about it um, because it feels like there's details coming out all the time, but it also then, like, I mean, half the time, it feels like it's countering what that same person said two hours ago just like you know whispers here and there about what might be going on but we just truly don't know what the real story is it's just all these reports we'll get the news sooner or later we don't need to be hunting it down but where it all started today was dennis dodd's report from cbs sports saying that arizona arizona state colorado and utah mentioned specifically as the teams being targeted by the Big 12 and also the conference, the Big 12, is the cons- uh, considering, which is, you know, not a strong word. They're just considering. I mean, of course they're considering them. Oregon and Washington, a part of making the Big 12 an 18-team league, which I think would be great. That's, of course, being aggressive, trying to compete as best as you can with the Big 10 and um, SEC. Also, I mean, the competition also right now stands where – who's going to be number three in the pecking order of these conferences. And it's pretty important that the Big 12 does beat out the Pac-12 and the ACC in that race. And, of course, if you draw in Oregon-Washington, that would be extremely pivotal. But right now, the Pac-12, as a matter of fact, they made this known yesterday that they have now entered immediate negotiations on their next TV contract. Their current one will expire June 30th of 2024, so they're less than two years away from that new contract. And Colorado has gone on to say in a statement, I'm going to paraphrase and not say the whole thing, that they are right now still committed to Colorado mm-hmm. and the Pac-12. I mean, of course, not Colorado, but they're committed to the Pac-12. Colorado's committed to the Pac-12 in these negotiations. The Pac-12 as of right now, and of course they're having this mindset, but they are fully on board with continuing on, having at least 10 teams. I mean, they've done it before. They could survive on 10 teams. But uh, they certainly had more firepower when they had USC and UCLA. But they are fully, totally on about moving forward with what they have and potentially even adding some schools. Um, Again, Colorado saying what they did, I mean, that was their own statement. They put that out themselves. Any other details in that? Even, I mean, speculating feels so dangerous at this point because it's probably going to be wrong tomorrow anyway. But as a fan of the Big 12, of course, and wanting the Big 12 to be strong and being in a number three, I mean, Colorado saying something like that and being committed to the Pac-12, it does worry me a little bit. But at the same time, 
I'm really not that worried about it. It still feels like the the Big 12 has leverage in this situation. They're still the, they're, they're still the stronger conference. The Big 12 just needs to win over some of these schools. Colorado would be hilarious if they have to come back to the Big 12, but also of course it's Colorado coming out with this statement because it's a bad look. It's a tough look if they have to jump back to the Big 12. That is tail tucked in between your legs, jumping back into the conference after they moved to the Pac-12 because we thought we were going to super conferences then. And do you know who's going to give them the most heat? Colorado State fans. Well, everybody's going to give them heat. Well, yeah, but Colorado State fan will be all over that. They will not live that one down because of now a decade plus of complete just railing on the fact that we're in the pack and you're stuck in the Mountain West. We, If it all happens and Colorado does come back to the Big 12, anytime a Big 12 school is visiting for a football game and fa- opposing oh, fans yeah. do come in, how about instead of like, you know, throwing food at them, being vulgar, how about you uh, maybe like wipe off their seat for them sure. or shake their hand and say, hey, thanks for having us back. We really appreciate it. Or maybe give them a standing ovation yeah. because they won and you lost. Yes. So are you ready for the latest curveball? Here we go. Okay. Uh, my man, John Canzano, uh, I mentioned him on Friday, I think it was on Thursday. I uh, used to write for the Oregonian and now does his own thing, but uh, also hosts a show in Portland. Big Pac-12 guy. Really did a great expose on where the money was going with Larry Scott at the time that he was the CEO there. Statement they had issued this morning, he notes uh, that the conference leadership has been given the go-ahead to accelerate negotiations. Apparently, ESPN may be now getting involved after, of course, the Big Ten aspect of it is an entire Fox deal. And so there's this discussion over a loose partnership with another conference. So it's their attempt to try to hold everything together. Let's go get the rights deal done. And oh, by the way, who can we get into? I don't know. An alliance with, maybe? So so an alliance, well, probably Big Ten. Probably. Alliance within alliance. Or, well... Yeah, I know. I know. It's I mean, it's, it's it's a great reference to last year. Oh but is it the ACC or is it the Big 12? Hmm. That's really where the questioning turns to. It's got to be the Big 12 because the ACC has well, been set. The only the, the only relationship the Pac-12 and AC or the Pac-12 and Big 12 should have with each other is trying to steal the other's teams. <laughs> Pretty much at this point, yes. Uh along those lines. He's had conversations with the former president at Fox Sports Networks, Bob Thompson. Oregon alone is a $30 million value. Wow. A $30 million value. And the Big Ten apparently doesn't think that that may be enough of a value add for them. I mean, I you know, when it comes to the va- – okay, so, I mean, that doesn't actually make – it actually kind of makes, in a crazy way, sense to me. These guys, these conferences are not in the business of bringing along teams just because. 
the only conferences that it should be that way should probably be the ACC and Big 12. We've got to make ourselves a little stronger. But the big, the SEC and the Big 10, you have to bring a lot of value for us to open it up. Well, and they, I mean, it's they, they ain't just going to bring somebody in just because. I don't know. Like, the Big 10, they haven't made their – made it known at least i mean if they're still trying to add schools they're still in negotiations then with whatever companies they are talking to disney or fox or whatever about their next deal they potentially will be done this month at some point but if oregon's only worth 30 million in extra revenue when it comes to the tv deal per year i mean Mm -hmm. we're talking per year Mm -hmm. and so i mean we're okay so the the big tens at 16 schools right right now and you add oregon you're getting a billion dollars a year, and if Oregon only brings you an extra thirty million on top of that billion dollars, doesn't make. You might as well just stay where you're at. Yeah, doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. So that's kind of where I get it. So that that's at least the view from that angle for the moment. I find it interesting, and when we get into the discussion about Phil Knight and Nike and what they do in terms of funding for Oregon. I, I find it interesting that it's just $30 million in terms of the brand because everything that Phil Knight has done for that Oregon brand over the last 25, 30 years has been about making it a more valuable brand than that. And they just, again, just got told, no, we don't see you there. Well, and what is Oregon known for? Their uniforms, having cool yeah. combos, and but they've been doing that for such a long time. I mentioned it last week. You know, a gigantic reason why the Big Ten wanted UCLA and USC, they're in Los Angeles. Yeah, That's where that worth comes from, that million dollars or, or uh, like $100 million or whatever, maybe it's $200 million where that comes from, Los Angeles, California versus Portland, Oregon. There's a gigantic difference. And still, Eugene is an hour and 45 away from mm-hmm. from Portland. Mm-hmm. One aspect of that that let's talk about it from a basketball standpoint. You know, we all mocked the ACC when it made its moves accordingly and wound up putting the ACC tournament at Madison Square Garden or at Barclays. I mean, honestly, whoever thought that you would see the ACC tournament not played in Greensboro or in Raleigh or in Charlotte or in any of the Carolina cities? But instead, they made the move and got into New York City. Well, why was that? You now understand why. They want that market. Just as the Big Ten wanted that market with Rutgers. And, you know, that, that's, that's where it sits right now. Right. Everybody's still, as much as we want to talk streaming, as much as we want to talk all of these things... New York, L.A., Chicago still drive so much. It's unbelievable that we are still in that day and age, but that's where the money lies for the advertisers. When we come back, we got a number one song of the day next. Can't buy me love, Guys, it's a new month. That means another Beatles number one. 
From 1964, Can't Buy Me Love by the Beatles, five weeks at number one. I heard an unreal stat today that was tied into Beyonce's latest song, Making the Top Ten. She's now the number three artist in terms of top tens all time. Paul McCartney at number one blows everybody away, of course, because of the combination of his number ones with the Beatles and er, his top tens, I should say, with the Beatles and as a solo hmm. slash wings act. Uh, okay, so do you know? Do you know his total number? It was. Oh, don't! St- I was gonna take a guess. Okay. One hundred and eleven. No. 60 oh, some odd. Well, as a, the Beatles <laughs> had 50 top 40 hits. He didn't have, so yeah, you're talking. This was top 10. So so when you whittle it down to top I guess, 10. I okay. Had, I didn't think about Okay. He yeah. had 30 some odd top That's 10. Sh- and, then, had- and then you add his wings and his solo material to that. For some reason, I had top 40 in my mind and thinking that was the same thing. No, way off. I'm an idiot. I know it. Uh, So if you've never heard the Beatles, they were from Liverpool, and uh, they had four guys. They go by John, Paul, George, who's my favorite Beatle, and Ringo Starr. They also had a uh, drummer before Ringo, but nobody cares about that guy. Yeah, that guy. Screw that guy. They are regarded as the most influential band of all time. Beatles, best-selling music act of all time. Estimated sales, 600 million units worldwide. Inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1988, and they've all been inducted individually as well. In uh, 2004 and 2011, the group topped Rolling Stone's list of the greatest artists of all time. 13 studio albums, 50 top 40 hits, and this is their fourth of 20 number ones, 20 number ones is a record. And it's from the third studio album, A Hard Day's Night. Now, Paul wrote this song despite rumors to the contrary. He claimed it was not about a prostitute. Rather, the song makes a simple yet profound statement on what matters most in life. He would later comment to say, quote, it should have been called Can buy me love when reflecting on the perks that money and fame had brought him. Wow. Dang, Paul. Take it easy, dude. <laughs> now, this is also kind of a, uh, in a way, a groundbreaking type of song because this is one of the very first pop songs that had the chorus lead off the song, and Paul was lead vocals. It was one of the first Beatles songs where only one member of the group would sing. That's how... I mean. It's crazy to me, like, first time anybody ever let off a song with a chorus. Give me a break, man. What were we doing prior to 1963? What was going on? Come on, nobody mixed it up. Well, every song, of course, back then was basically a book. (laughs) You started with a little background, set the setting a little bit, you know. Make sure you've got the strings. Mary Jane was my friend. Oh, God. Hey, are we ever gonna? Is there any Beach Boys number ones you're gonna bust out? I think I have a, a few, maybe one left that I, I haven't done yet. I uh, I read a lot of interesting stuff about their rivalry with Brian, the Beatles and Brian Wilson's rivalry with mm-hmm. him, and he had like a nervous breakdown because he was like, "Okay, I can't beat the Beatles," and like freaked out on everybody, started doing cocaine, meat, and cheeseburgers. <laughs> Really that cool. was one way to cope with your depression. Yeah. <laughs> 
Cheeseburgers and cocaine. Gonna... Nah, there's no cocaine. That was 60s, man. Was no, cocaine this is a little there? later. This is a little later because the 60s, oh. he has a nervous breakdown. And then in the 70s, after like pet sounds and stuff, he starts getting into cocaine. He starts mm. getting weird on everybody. Wearing bathrobes and stuff. Just hanging out at parties in bathrobes. And then Kokomo comes out and he's like, suck it, Paul. So he didn't write that song. Oh, he didn't. He was not with them. Oh, right? my they goodness. Go through a, the, I did the not be- know that. The Beach Boys story is insane as... Never mind. Uh, it's insane. And the trials and tribulations that they go through with him and without him is nuts. Mm-hmm. And the amount of lawsuits that they have against each other, it's like 900. Oh, mm-hmm. and let's you know, just throw in for the fact that Glenn Campbell was actually a member of the Beach Boys briefly. Yeah. they they Because after he had his breakdown, they had Glenn Campbell stand in for him. Because after about the mid-60s, Brian Wilson doesn't perform with them for a long time. No. Sorry, this is about the Beatles. I saw, I saw the, Liverpool. I saw the Liverpool. Beach Boys when I was 18. John Stamos was on the drums. <laughs> when I saw them, too, John Stamos was on the drums. Oh, Salina. shut up, He's touring right now with the Beach Boys no, on the drums. Listen, you want to come in here and you want to feed me a line? It better be better than... Uncle Jesse playing drone for the oh, Beach no. Boys. I'm going to tell you that. He's, I mean, come on. Remember, it was actually a plot line in the show. Oh, that's right. I take it back. All right, what else do I have on the Beatles? <laughs> so this was one of the Beatles songs that helped them make history because at one point they had every spot on the top five of the Billboard Hot 100. The others were Twist and Shout, She Loves You, I Want to Hold Your Hand, and Please Please Me. The week after it hit number one, this song in the U.S., the Beatles had... 14 songs in the Billboard Hot 100 at one time. 14, which is insane. It also was the first song to hit number one when it was in the previous week outside the top 20. This was also the fourth highest selling single in the UK in the 1960s. Wow. Now, you might know where I'm going next with this with Can't Buy Me Love. It's been... Maybe jump a couple of decades. It's been covered. To to a movie that I saw in the theater, and oh, by the way, the lead actress in that was a uh, native of Greeley, Colorado. Whoa! Yeah, and she she recently passed away, didn't she? She did, she did pass away, uh, and... uh, Maybe not recently, like maybe five years ago. Correct. Uh, I think seven, Mm -hmm. actually, is is closer to it. Uh, and uh, never uh, never did release why she passed away. Amanda Peterson, yeah. Uh, but it was Patrick Dempsey who acted opposite her in that movie, Can't Buy Me Love. Hmm. Have you ever seen it? I've never seen that movie. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's pretty good. Watch it. It's pretty good. It gets a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, but... Um, I'm not kidding. I did see it in It's the better theater. than that. It's definitely better than that. I think you'll like it. Can't Buy uh, Me Love. What was... Uh, maybe Travion can help me out with this. What was the Nick Cannon movie... It was basically it was basically the same movie, just modern. But you know, I know exactly what you're talking about, but the name escapes me. So but I've seen it. There was a it's uh. it's the same thing. So in the movie Can't Buy Me Love, which Nick Cannon it was of a different title, but basically make the same oh, yeah. movie. I think actually Steve Harvey was the dad in that one. Yes. Drumline. Uh, no, it wasn't Drumline. Oh. But um, anyway, in Can't Buy Me Love in '87. So basically, this kid's a giant nerd, wants to become popular. That's why I laughed so hard when he became McDreamy. Yeah. And the actress in the movie, uh, he basically pays her, like buys her a $1,000 outfit to pretend to be his girlfriend so he can become popular. Oh, harsh. And then they fall in love. Yeah. Well, don't spoil it, Travion. Yeah. Well, how was I to even? Oh, no. My personal favorite still remains the uh, dance that he learned by watching TV. And 
they go to the dance and everybody's doing uh, the steps oh, and the nerds off to the side recognize that he saw it on PBS. <laughs> <laughs> so do they call, do the nerds get him? Like do they call him out and be like, you're a nerd and you paid oh, yeah. her. Oh yeah. And then everybody figures oh, yeah. it out. I mean, I mean, basically he became ostracized from everyone. Oh. Have a, have a movie night. Yeah. And watch it with the fam. Yeah. I think everybody will like it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sophia can't sit for five seconds. Well, then put her to bed. We try that. It doesn't work. She gets all mad. I just, my thing with the beats. you're having another one? I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to get to watch anything ever except babies. Sesame Street. Yeah, all day, every day. Do we know if, uh, go ahead with the Beatles and I'll ask a question. The beats, man. What's with them, dude? (laughs) What's with them, pal? Well, they one time said like they're bigger than Jesus, and that really yeah. specifically John Lennon said it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so that's what's with them. Yeah. They're yeah. bigger than Jesus. Yeah. Well, okay. That that explains a lot. That explains quite a bit. I mean, would you be honestly surprised that it was John Lennon who said that? I mean, no. Well, yeah. and I think he was right. Yeah, and then I mean, he was like, and then he came back. He's like, I'm not saying they're bigger than the Jesus Christ. It, it was a joke. That was my best John Lennon. It's- I guess Ozzy was in uh, the Beatles. I didn't know that. Wrong part of England, buddy. He's a rock and roll. I mean, he's I- from Liverpool, too. So uh, Ozzy is? Yeah, I, I think so. That. I'm well, there's John like tw- Lennon. There's like 25 English accents. Yeah. Oh, and that's before you even get into the Scottish or the Irish yes. accents. Did I, did I tell you I tried to do an English accent to an English person, and they're like, hey, check it out. It's Oliver oh. Twist. Did, did you see, <laughs> by the way, did you see yesterday that the uh, British Embassy in D.C. had a little fun that they put together a playlist for the 4th of July? They oh, used no. the photo, of course, of the king from Hamilton, Please come back. And then the entire playlist was player, baby, come back. <laughs> By the way, uh, Travion, you were wrong, buddy. I was? Uh, yeah, Liverpool is, so Ozzy Osbourne is from Aston, England. Oh, okay. And that is about uh, a 98-mile drive from Liverpool. So a completely different accent. Shen! I thought I remember seeing, he was saying he like, Maybe you worked in Liverpool. Maybe that's well, what I'm what I was saying was I was bo- I was born in Ashton, but I I we used to go out with me mates in Liverpool and rock and roll. <laughs> that's about it. That's about it. I feel like it's pretty good. Have, have you ever seen? Um, oh man. They do like a paranormal show with their son Jack. Yeah, like Jack shows them these paranormal events, and Ozzy doesn't look like he cares one bit about it. I know. And then he sees the video, is like. Oh, that was fake, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Dad, that was stop. A gl- that was no. a glimpse in the camera. It's totally real, Dad. Come on. And then Jack is now doing his own like ghost hunting show. I've uh, watched it. It's, I don't actually think it's that good. No, but you know what? I appreciate him. He started out as just a famous kid. Mm-hmm. And Jack Osborne's really funny. I think he's really funny. And all the shows he's on, I, I enjoy. I like Jack Osborne. Well, I never would have guessed he would have been the bigger success than Kelly. Kelly. I don't Because I have no idea right. what she's doing. Yeah, the, About the last time that I can think I saw Kelly was one, basically on E! Doing one of the fashion critique shows. Well, yeah, she became. Well, she tried to do her own music thing, and yeah. that was a big flop. 
All right, uh, Travion, you know what? You get us out when we need to get out. We trust you. Yes. Uh, just give us a countdown when, when it's necessary. Let's go to DG, who has some Ask Us Anything. Yes, for today. Uh, what's an often overlooked or super underrated item you would want during a zombie apocalypse? For me, um, it comes from Robert from uh, our K-Rocker. Uh, spices for your squirrel. <laughs> some chili lime to put on that squirrel. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to say what a burger ketchup. So. <laughs> <laughs> that don't make Way to spoil good. my answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, my god! Obviously, like when you think about the zombie apocalypse, uh, my mind goes to weapons. Yeah, I mean, oh my I, god, we got 30 seconds. Holy like, crap! Totally underrated no though. Things you wouldn't I think guess. that you would need, uh, overlooked often. That you're like, I, I gotta grab that, and not uh, like shoes. Those, yeah, shoes. like shoelaces might be something that'd be like. Am I gonna choke? <laughs> what like, if they break while you're running? Assassinate the zombie. What about like, um, um? Oh my god, I'm blanking here. Like shoelaces, bug spray. You'd be out in the field, out in the the forests. What about this? What's I barely your, use bug spray now. What's your favorite trashy, totally scripted, poorly acted reality TV show? You know it stinks and it's dumb, but you just love it. I've actually. Paid a little attention to this below deck show. Ah, yeah, uh, okay. uh, a lot they, of run on K Rock. Yeah, yeah, it's actually it's okay. Yeah, it's not like completely trashy. Yeah, Troy. Uh, he doesn't watch reality TV. That would be correct. I loved Flavor of Love and Rock of Love and every. Oh yeah, I love great those. shows. Oh. I don't know what happened to the countdown. Are we just go. Is this overtime? Yeah, I'm just you know going with the flow. Troy, go with Troy's the flow. Troy's trashy reality TV is when there's a binges clearing bra in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> not not only that, I'm going to watch the John Boy breakdown of it <laughs> and see for 15 minutes his view on how that broke down and what was being said. That's awesome. All right, Travion's got to get us out for Travion, DG, Troy, I'm Mitch. We're out. Go Cats. <laughs>